I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Ecclesiastes chapter number 2, Ecclesiastes chapter number 2. We were looking at chapter number 1, and we were looking at the introduction before that, where we looked at the word vanity and vexation. And we learned that the word vanity is empty, has everything to do with vain and total worthlessness, and he uses the phrase, which a man taketh under the sun, without God, under the S-U-N. And the word vexation that we looked at, and how it vexed his spirit, it literally was like grasping at the wind, and absolutely could not get hold of it. And we looked at the things that he said made for this. Now he kind of keys in, in chapter two, not on just the things outwardly that people do, but his own life. Look how he starts out in chapter 2. I said in mine heart. This is what I said. This is my thinking. I'm looking. I'm trying to find. And so I did all of these things. All of these things occurred. And I looked at them individually and all together collectively. And the answer was vanity of vanities. All is vanity. He said, I said to my heart, go to now. I will prove thee with mirth. I will test you to prove something. I will prove thee. Therefore, enjoy pleasure, he said. Go ahead. Enjoy pleasure. Have a good time. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And look what he says. And behold, this is also vanity. We see in verse 1, lavishness, mirth, pleasure, the lavishness of life. It's empty. It's, it, it, it just has absolutely nothing in it. And so he, he then said, I said of laughter, it is mad. And of mirth, what doeth it? He said, I looked at all these pleasures and cracking up, laughing, enjoying life. He said, I, the lavishness was empty. The laughter was empty. What doeth it? It accomplishes it nothing. It does nothing. It does not accomplish a thing. And so he, he continues in this lavishness and laughter, and he says, so I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine. And you go back and read the Proverbs, and you know what it says in there, to not give yourself to wine. And it talks about wine as a mocker and strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby. He knows what the Proverbs say. So we see the lavishness, we see the laughing, we see the liquor. 
and it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't fix. He said, I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom and to lay hold on folly till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm searching throughout my mind and thinking through my mind how to fix things. And so I thought I'd try to fix things with wine. Yet at the same time, my mind is saying, wait a minute, <laughs> this is folly. It, this is not good. He's, he's thinking in these deep thoughts about the effects of this indulging himself while his mind is saying, hey, you're, you're acting foolish. You're behaving foolish. And he has this struggle, this pulling apart. My friend, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you're trying to live under the S-U-N instead of under the S-O-N, you're going to find yourself struggling as the Holy Ghost comes in with conviction and tries to get you to see, wait a minute, stop. And that conviction, if ignored, will turn to chastening. And that chastening is not pleasant and certainly not fun. And it will yield the right things if you'll pay attention to it. You can get right. But it's so much better to heed the second there is a conviction and say, that is what I'm going to do. But he said, all of this is vain. I've looked at what I've been able to do pleasure-wise. There's no pleasure that I did not have. The lavishness of my life allowed me to have every kind of pleasure possible. I laughed and cut up, and it's mad. What is it, profit? What good is it? I gave myself to the liquor, and it did nothing for me. He said, but not only that, and as I was looking at myself, what I gave myself was a pleasure, but I also was a hard worker. He talks about his lands and his labor in verses 4 through 7. I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted my, me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them and all kinds of fruits. I made me pools of water. To water there with the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. He said, hey, I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty much something. I mean, look at what I did. Let's start off with some of the things he accomplished. He said in the very first thing, I, in verse 4, I made me great works. The idea there is he increased in his works. He increased. He, he worked hard. He, he did great things through his works. The idea of the word works was through his actions, his production of working out. Hard work is great. We know that hard work is good. But he said, I put everything on the hard work and not on the person the work is for. I made me great works. I did it. I builded me houses. I mean, I had houses built. Remember, Solomon's house was incredible. He built the house of the Lord, the temple, but he also built him some very fascinating houses. He built a house for the, the wife that he had 
of the daughter of Pharaoh. He was one who was building many things. He said, I planted me vineyards. I'm going to have everything I need. I've got my garden here. In fact, I made me gardens and orchards. Yeah, I, I just, whatever my heart desired, I labored. I had the land to do it, and I had the labor to do it, and I did it. I worked hard, and I did these things under the S-U-N. I made me gardens and orchards. And I planted trees in them of all kind of fruits. I had every kind of thing you can imagine. I mean, whatever I wanted for my taste, I had it. I had it right there by me. Well, I, I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. Hey, listen, he had everything he needed, not only to plant the things, but to keep them watered and keep them growing and keep them going. He had the, the fruit of his labors he had the lands of the labor he had the means of the labor and he said i've just got all of these things and i had them all and not on top of that not only did i have the ability to work but i also got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house you know what he's saying there hey listen i had people to go do the work not only could i do it but the work that I envisioned in my mind, I had people I could have go do it. Pick that up, move these stones, weed that garden, water those, get in there and dig that up. I had the ability to command people and go because I had servants and maidens and I had them even born in my house. This was a person of wealth and esteem and people from the world have recognized him and yet he is not happy he laughed but he wasn't happy i'm reminded of the song people need the lord and it says in that song off they go through private pain living fear to fear laughter hides the silent cries only jesus hears people need the lord he said I made all this stuff. I got this stuff. He said, also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. He said, I had lands and labor, and I was in great possession. Not just possessions, but great possessions of flocks, cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. Nobody in Jerusalem, including his predecessors, possessed more livestock and herds and flocks than he did. He was prosperous. And then in verse 8, he makes clear, he goes from the labor and lands to lucre or money. I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasure of the king's of the provinces he said i got me all kinds of silver and gold i had riches i was wealth and i i didn't i wasn't satisfied earthly wealth didn't do anything for me you know you would think that uh if having money we've kind of heard that is everything and and we must be okay if we got money and that's got to make you happy but it's kind of interesting that money can't buy some things you know what's interesting it don't matter who you are, poor or extremely wealthy. Money can't buy health. You might be able to get better medications or better health insurance, but if you have a disease that's terminal, 
you know, uh, you're really at the mercy of God as to how that thing's going to come out. And the bottom line is you may have a disease that cannot be cured and all the money in the world didn't help you at all. Even James made it very clear when he talked about the rich. Go to now, ye rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Now, what in the world is going on here? Well, if you look in the context, he says, watch out, you people that are rich, weep and howl, because this is what happened. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. He said, your, your riches have become putrid, corrupt, stenciled, and your garments have holes in them. Your gold and silver is cankered. That means rusted over, corroded. And he said, the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. It will consume you like a fire. You have hoarded it, but you're not going to be able to enjoy it. Now, what is this indictment all about? Well, verse 4 of James 5 says, Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. He said, you know what? You have pay that you've held back from your workers who have done all the work in your fields, and that cry of they're not getting paid is crying out against you, and it has come to my ears. I have heard what you've done. You are rich, but you better watch it. Your riches are corrupt, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and it's rusting. I know what you've did. The cry has come up. You are rich, but you will not pay the the laborers for working in your fields that have made you rich and they're not and you're not paying them you have lived in pleasure on earth and been wanton very very simply means you have lived in pleasure and you have been found in yourself you know nourishing yourselves up look what it says you have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter go ahead fatten yourself up eat drink and be merry but there will be like a day of slaughter coming he said, you have condemned and killed the just, the righteous. You condemned and murdered people that were innocent. And he said, and he doth not resist you. You know what he's saying there? He said, you're able to do it because there's nothing they can do. They cannot resist you. They cannot uh, uh, take care of themselves. So when he, when he does that and he gives that warning to the rich, he then turns to the brothers and says, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. He's talking about the coming of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord. He says, look, don't look at riches through the lens of a rich person. Look at it through the lens of a person who's going to be leaving it all behind and going to another place. Don't worry about these things. And you rich people, I will judge you you will have a day your riches and things are going to corrupt and rust and be a witness against you and i have heard the cries of people i know what you have done the lord knows everything i gather me also silver and gold solomon said and the peculiar treasure 
of kings and of providences. He said, man, I have really got a stack of, a stack of wealth. Mm. I mean, I've got everything to make me happy. I've got money to buy anything I want. I have the lucre. In that same verse, he goes from the lucre to the lyricist in the second part of the verse. He said, I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and all that of all sorts. He said, man, I've got male and female singers. I got me a choir. I got everything musically for a sensual musical delight. And you know what? That kind of music doesn't satisfy I've said many, many times, the rock and roll crowd and the boogie-woogie crowd and all this uh, crowd that hears these horrible songs of rebellion and sin, when you're sitting there by the graveside of a loved one, you really don't want to hear a song that doesn't touch your heart. You want to hear something that has meat to it. And boy, I'm glad that there are songs of Zion, songs to sing, psalms to sing, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. But he said, man, I got all kinds of singers to sing anything and everything I wanted. Big men's choirs, women's choirs, total uh, choirs. I had everything, ensembles, musical instruments, whatever I wanted or needed to delight my soul. I had everything I needed. You know, the world today could say that. You think about it. When you think about today, we, we, we used to have our radios. And if you remember way back, we had our little transistor radios that we could put in our pocket with a little bitty earpiece that came out of that into our ear, just a little tiny earbud. And we listened to AM radio. Then over time, we had uh, records and cassettes and eight tracks and then CDs. Now people download music constantly on uh, their uh, phones. It used to be we had uh, iPods and we used to have, you know, MP3 players. And you don't see those too much anymore because everybody can put them on their phone. And we download from iTunes and we download from Amazon and we download from these radio stations. And we have make up our playlist and we listen to music that we want to listen to all day long. And people walk around with music that's not in their heart. It's in their head, and they have the rhythm of, of the music, but they don't have the rhyme of the music, the reason of the music, the recognition of the music, the musical message that needs to be there to give us something that is solid in life. Boy, there are times when you hurt or you're sick or you're going through something that's long-winded or terminal, and you sit there and you say to yourself, my goodness, what am I going to do? And you listen to songs, and they start singing, My Jesus, I love thee, I know that are mine. Jesus is all the world to me, my friend in trial sore. And we listen to these wonderful, awesome songs that have a message with the message pointing towards Jesus. Or you sit there and say, What am I going to do, Lord? I don't know what to do. And the song comes out, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. And you can listen to the songs that have great meaning and great message and great songs of greatness of life. Solomon had the wrong kind of music, and it didn't satisfy. And then he gets to verse number 9, and uh, we see the largeness of him look at what he says now solomon is just recollecting everything about his life and he's not happy with it 
with all these things that we're reading, he's not happy. So I was great. That main word has the idea of to magnify above. He was great. And people were worshiping. The Queen of Sheba said, the half has not been told. He said, I was great. And I increased. I got large. I increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. He said, my goodness, I was really wealthier and far more into the pleasures than anybody else before me. And also, my wisdom remained with me. You know, that must have really plagued him, which is why he's having this battle. Because the wisdom that God gave him that he corrupted by going to man's wisdom is conflicting with the wisdom that God gave him. And he says, hey, I maintained by wisdom. It was there. It was with me. But it it contradicted everything that I was having. And he said, I was large. I was great. I increased. I was more than anybody. Ever. I mean, this is it. I'm it. If anybody's anybody, I'm it. But my wisdom is clashing at me. This is Solomon looking at his life. And as he looks at his life, he's conflicted. And it, it goes from the largest of who he is to the very lust that he fulfilled look at verses 10 and 11 and whatsoever mine eyes desired i kept not from them whatever it was that got my attention whatever it is that demanded my attention by my looking he said whatever mine eyes saw i kept not from them i i didn't put the uh, guard down i let them go I let them have it. I withheld not my heart from any joy, not one thing. I did not restrain myself. I did not stop myself. I did not let the wisdom of God stop me from the things that I was doing, the the laughter that was not that big, that wasn't helping, the liquor that was driving me crazy, the lands, the labor, the leadership, the lavishness, the the lucre, the, the lyricist of music. And the incredible largeness that I had, I just couldn't do it. My lust was before me, and it just didn't do anything. He said, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. I withheld, listen, I withheld, not any, I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. I was really happy in my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. This was my portion. This is mine, Okay. This was my reward. This is for my effort. I'm looking at this. This is my reward. This is what I get. Hey, what do you have? What reward do you want? God is not unfaithful to forget our labor of love, which we have done for him and in his name. He's not unfaithful for that. Do you want to have the, the reward down here? Verily, verily, they have their reward. Paul said to, or Jesus said to the crowd, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they have their reward. Do you want your reward here? Or do you want your reward over there? Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. And he, he talked about those wonderful things he did. And he said, henceforth has laid up for me a crown of rejoicing. He had something far better to look forward to. And he was very excited to look forward to that. And he did not detour from that. He said, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I was not going to let anything stop me. In fact, at the end of Paul's life, he was 
really trying to encourage Timothy because he's telling Timothy the time of my departure is at hand. I'm leaving. I'm not getting out of this. My head's going to roll. Don't, don't think I'm getting out this time. You're it. You're taking my place. So he says, I'm charging you, Timothy. You need to get out there and preach the word. You need to keep going. You know what? He said, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. That tells me there's a bad fight you can fight. Don't fight it. I have finished my course. Paul said, I've gotten to my word from God. I'm finished. I've run my race. I've hit the, the, the end line. I've hit the finish line. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Then we see the very last verse. We see him looking. And what he's looking at is the conclusion of everything he just in his mind and heart reviewed before us. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought. He said, I looked at what my hands were able to do, and I looked at the labor that I had labored to do. I looked at what I was able to do and accomplish. I was looking at my hard work. I looked at all these things that I just, in my mind, went back through, and he said, I came to this conclusion. He said, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the S-U-N, the sun. Without God, all of those things, the lavishness, the laughter, the liquor, the lands, the labor, the leadership that he had, the lucre, the lyricist, the largeness, the lust, I looked at it all. I looked at my hands' ability. I looked at the labor with which I had labored to do. And it was empty, vain, worthless. And it was vexation of spirit. It was a grasping after the wind. I couldn't put my hand on anything that I did under the S-U-N. And everything that he listed in these first 11 verses were under the sun. Totally, completely under the sun. You know what? Isn't it sad to come to the end of your journey of life and look back and see everything you did and it's awesome, yet you are disappointed, you are discouraged, you are depressed over the results of your life and call them vanity and vexation? Solomon looked back over his life and said, it isn't worth it. My friend, when you get back and you look back on your life, do you want to see a life run for God or a life run under the S-U-N? You'll find a life run under the S-U-N leaves you with vanity and vexation of spirit. But a life for God leaves you loving the Lord, looking forward to being with him and the rewards that are coming because you didn't want your rewards down here. The decision is how do you plan to live your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to live our lives in such a way that we've been pleasing to you, living by faith and working the work that you have called us to do from the love of our hearts for you, who is altogether wonderful and worthy. And we will thank you for it in the blessed name of Jesus. 
amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying you have an awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. Precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word. You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.